0: The Iowa Hawkeyes celebrate a long proud history. In 1970, the university made a key hire, Bump Elliott, as athletic director. Labeled as the coach's AD, he ushered in a golden age, but it was a new type of gold, a yellow gold. He brought in Dan Gable, Lute Olson, Hayden Fry, and Vivian Stringer, all Hall of Fame coaches. Coach Fry inherited a program that had struggled through 17 losing seasons and needed change. As part of his rebuild, he decided to rebrand his team, getting permission from the Super Bowl champion Steelers to emulate their uniforms. He worked with a local art director to create the Tigerhawk logo and complete the makeover, saying, where I come from, it's called selling the sizzle before the steak. Coach Fry and his coaching peers lived up to the task presented by the AD, and Iowa has never looked back. Black and Yellow Gold aims to celebrate the great people programs, community, and culture that define Hawkeye Nation.
1: I'm just sitting there going, oh boy, I made a mistake and I did the wrong thing. And
0: the team Didn't you leave gone. a note as well? Pardon me? Didn't you leave a note like in your locker? Or that, I did, yeah, yeah,
1: I did. But
0: Good luck, fellas. <laughs> yeah, good like that. luck,
1: best of the team. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting, whatever, but you don't, don't worry about fine because you can't. <laughs>
0: Welcome, fellow Hawkeyes, to Episode 2 of Black and Yellow Gold. I'm Eric Hennigan, and I hope this finds you well. We just heard a clip of today's interview with the Iowa wrestling great Barry Davis. been a tough couple of weeks. Many of you are just now getting powder back and getting out from under the damage caused by the derecho. Such a strange day. I live in downtown Chicago. The early morning started with looters in my lobby. Later, I got the news of the uh, sudden storm sweeping across Iowa and then we were hit by a weaker version as it headed east. My 25 years of living here, it's the first time I can remember tornadoes touching down in the city. I also don't ever recall hearing the alarm system actually go off for a storm. For those of you hard hit in Cedar Rapids, our second podcast interview is yet another guest from your town. Native son Barry wrestled at Cedar Rapids Prairie where he won three state championships. He went on to Iowa to win three NCAA titles. Named Outstanding Wrestler of the Tournament his senior year. You can also add that he won the Big Ten Athlete of the Year across all sports. Was a two-time Olympian, winning a uh, silver medal in the 1984 Olympics. Back then, that was pretty much unheard of for a, uh, a college wrestler with eligibility to win an Olympic medal. He went on to be an assistant for Coach Gable, coached the Brands Brothers. His better half is impressive in her own right. Her name is Nan Doak Davis, and she holds the distinction of being Iowa's first women's NCAA individual champion. She accomplished it when she won the 1985 10,000-meter title with the NCAAs. She was a nine-time All-American across cross-country and uh, track. She went on to win uh, several U.S. titles in the 10,000-meter, which she won twice, the 5,000-meter, and marathon. For her efforts, she was honored as Iowa's female athlete in the 1980s, which is pretty damn impressive. Along with Gable, Barry was uh, my, my hero while in high school. I somehow managed to record as much wrestling that got coverage back in those days on television, all network television, as Olympic matches, as well as his NCAA title matches on a, on a Betamax that I completely wore out. It's often said that you never want to meet your heroes. Well, in this case, uh, Barry exceeded my expectations. He took me under his wing as soon as I landed on campus. His wife, Nan, did the same thing for my brother, who was a runner. He came and lived with me for part of his senior year in high school, and we were both very fortunate to be able to be trained by the best. My brother ended up uh, being a Hoosier and running in Indiana on the cross-country and track team there. Without further ado, on to another Bedrock Iowan. Uh, We barely put a dent in telling his story, so consider this part one of hopefully many more. Barry Davis, how you doing, my friend? Doing great. Great. So I thought I'd start, you know, I'm gonna have a lot of hyperbole here, hyperbolic words about you. You uh, were my hero growing up in high school. You probably don't even remember that. And I got to to college and you took very good care of me and not only that, but your amazing wife. My brother was a runner and uh, you guys were both very good to us. So very appreciative. But on top of that as i've been doing my history and my research about you there's a good argument to be made you might be Iowa's best wrestler and there's a few that you can make that argument about
1: i'd say while in college yes um outside and of you college,
0: don't have to the beauty of this i'm saying it for you you don't need okay. to say it but yeah
1: <laughs> all right
0: no but go ahead i don't i'm not going to stop you i'd, no, I'd say I, yes I to. think. i
1: think i think in college you know, me making all four major teams in college with the Junior World, Pan Am, World Olympic team. Only three guys in college history have ever done that. One is Randy Lewis, Kyle Steiner, and Barry Davis. But I, I look at it this way: if you want my opinion, is I do. Outside of college, I never won a World Olympic title. Where you know, Randy Lewis, the Banix Brands, or Tom won a World Olympic title and Terry won two world titles so you know since I didn't make the top round I don't put myself on that list but you and, and I'll say
0: this for you as well not to cut you off but uh, you know recently we've had Snyder and Cox both be medalists and come back to college prior to that I think it's 40 years the last time that happened and that's you coming back to college with an Olympic medal as a silver medal
1: that's true from 2001 eight, what 1984 to 2016 it never happened Crazy. Until they did it, and then I was the last one to do it in 84.
0: And it's crazy when Snyder did it. I think he won a world when he was 19, something like that.
1: Correct, yes.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go way, way back and uh, talk a little bit about your upbringing. You were in, actually, I thought you were born in Cedar Rapids, but you weren't. You were in southern uh, Iowa.
1: Yeah, I was born in Bloomfield County. I mean, Bloomfield, uh, Iowa, which is called Davis County. And what, what were your parents doing there at the time? I don't know. I think, I think my dad... He did odd jobs at the time. I think he might have sold cars then. But um, that's where I was born. And,
0: and then the CR?
1: But I, but I grew up in Cedar Rapids, so.
0: Yep. And what, what moved them there? What did your dad do there?
1: Uh, he worked for a, a company called Meatpacking at the time called Wilson Foods. Yep. And then he worked part-time in a place called Highway Equipment. Nice. And he's going to be 84 here pretty soon. He still works almost 40 hours a week.
0: Amazing. He's still working, huh? What's he doing?
1: He works at a machine shop, and sometimes he'll wake up at one o'clock in the morning, go to work at two a.m., and wow. maybe work till ten.
0: He's always so, good. With, always good with his hands. I was always impressed. With his
1: hands, but he knows how to work. I know that.
0: When did your mom pass?
1: She's still living. She's in a nursing home down in Soho right now. Got it. So trying to um, help her through that ordeal and stay in touch with her. I seen her last. But I was down in Iowa City. Stop by and see her every time.
0: Good. It's awesome. They were always very nice to me. And last time I saw your dad, I'm so, you, you get so used to thinking about yourself that I, last time I saw your dad was a, a reunion in Iowa for wrestlers. And, um, you was know, she saw you and he didn't remember me. And I, and I'm like, he's such a big part of my life, but I realized, Holy cow, he's probably met a bunch of kids you've taken care of over the years. That was a long time ago.
1: Kids, neighbors. Um, you know, he's helped people all the time. he this guy a while back that in a restaurant and, um, uh, he had no jacket. So my mom goes, hey, Dad. So I'm you to get up, done eating, run over to Kmart, buy this guy a jacket. And wow. So, so he ate real quick, got up, went, bought the guy a jacket, brought him back, paid for his milk, and gave him 100 bucks in his pocket.
0: Such a good, they're such good people. I mean, yeah, they took me in for Thanksgiving a few times, and you couldn't have been nicer as well. So appreciative. Um, so, yeah, so you end up in Cedar Rapids, go to Prairie, where you had an outstanding high school career. I think it a hundred and something, a hundred and six wins or something like that, and one
1: hundred two six and one.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Wow, and a bunch of you from that high school—I don't know the connection—but you all end up at Iowa. The Zaleskis and
1: yeah, I get one time we had seven guys. My high school teammates were part of the Iowa uh, wrestling team.
0: Art Garcia, Art Garcia, the Zaleskis, yourself.
1: Kevin Brown, Mike Cassie, Kevin Joel Brown. Thompson. I didn't
0: think, I didn't remember he went there. You and I used to wrestle yeah. with him all the time, wow. Yep. Cool, so th- then uh, you end up at Iowa, and you don't redshirt until you start training for the Olympics, so right away your freshman year you start?
1: Yeah, I wasn't gonna start, I didn't know anything about redshirt, I was kind of naive to everything. But I end up uh, beating one of the kids out at the Northern o- um... Open. I think it was the Northern Open. I beat
0: him there. Is that the other one in Wisconsin, or the one that you and I? Correct. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think Gabe threw me in the lineup, so I that, that's what—that's when I was shocked
0: when I saw the Brands for the first time. That was a jaw dropper for me because we used to beat them up in the room so bad. I didn't know you blew the whistle for real, and those guys weren't going to lose.
1: Yeah. It was at yep. the
0: Northern, so probably same with you. Mm-hmm. Probably surprised yeah. yourself, or not?
1: Yeah, I was surprised by that. I—I I was put on red shirt, but. It was at Russell so I Russell.
0: And so that what what that's the year obviously the famous weight cutting
1: story? That was 82 my sophomore year.
0: Um, that story's been told a million times, but I'm sure a lot of his <laughs> listeners have never heard it, so we got to go down that path because it's a great story.
1: Well, in 82, uh, I wrestled 81 at 118, then I, did, I went 118 again in 1982. I did it for the team They need me to 18 help win the national championship. So I cut from 146 to 118. Holy
0: cow. Um, was, I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah. It was a lot of weight cutting.
0: I had no idea.
1: Yeah. And uh, I never kept my weight that close because I couldn't because I, I lost mostly a lot of water weight. I was so thin.
0: We all good, know, my, yeah.
1: My skin was paper thin.
0: We're going to get into that.
1: I never kept my weight that close because uh, what I did, when I come in, I come that the day before, easy at 10 over. I had a good routine. I go from 10 down to 2. Then I go back to the dorm and eat back up to 8. Come back at night, go from 8 down to 3. Put on about 4 more pounds, go to bed, and come back at between 5, 6 over and lose the rest of it the next day before And these I are pounds,
0: it. obviously, you're talking about for people to understand. You'd yeah. Say 8 and 3, and yeah. Yep. Uh, and what, we get into that about the weight cutting, but so that story specifically in 82.
1: Well, I mean... That's the way I cut weight all year long. and It's just easy for me to cut weight at home that was on the road. But as the year wore on, it just wore on me mentally.
0: Yeah, it's always hard.
1: Yeah. It came out of the end where at Big Ten time, we're in the same day as weigh-ins for the Big Ten championships. So you weigh in Friday for Saturday, Saturday for Sunday. Well, we're going to leave Friday morning for Michigan instead of Thursday like the day before.
0: And where are nationals that year?
1: They were in Iowa State. Okay. So I thought, you know what? I'll just do this. I will. um...
0: But Michigan is where Big Tens are. That's what you're talking about. Correct.
1: Got it. Correct. So I thought, you know what I'll do? I worked out. I thought, you know what I'll do? I came back at night to cut weight. I'm too tired. So I said, tell you what I'll do is this. I'll come back in the morning before we leave and cut my weight there um, in the field house before we take off. That way my weight's down. I got my own bike, got my own son. I'm good to go. We came in about 4 o'clock in the morning, to cut weight about
0: 4.30. And explain, I don't nothing. mean to cut you off, but explain that when you're cutting weight, it does weird things to you mentally, for sure.
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get my body to sweat. Because I'm, I'm tired. I just woke up. Sauna's cold. Nothing's really heated right now, okay? So I'm riding to buy a bike car, jumping rope, trying to get my body heated. Get my, get my sweat flow going. It just things weren't happening at that time. And the reality
0: is if you had called somebody, I guarantee somebody would have been there.
1: Oh, yeah, you. for sure. Yeah. But that was my biggest mistake. I didn't call anybody. That was yep. my mistake. I was to start thinking negative and all this weight cutting. If I go, you know what? It's about half hour, I go, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I just wrote a note and put it on Dave Fitzgerald's locker and go, I'm walking away.
0: Anybody who's gone through it can totally relate. I get it.
1: Well, that came to do this, though. What happened was it came through all year long and making weight all year long. Yep. It just wore on me where I should have had help, maybe control my weight better. But again, I think my routine, I got up my routine, I should have, you know, lost my weight the night before, I did my in I just fine, but I didn't do that. So put on his lock and start walking across town, and then I end up walking across town, no idea where I'm going, it's about. Five, 5 o'clock in the morning, 5.15 in the morning. I see this newspaper kid walking. I'm like, hey, is there a Heidi grocery store up here? He's like, uh, yeah. He's like, like, what are you doing here at this time of the morning? Because people and I was eating no rustling. Right. So I walk up there. All of a sudden, boom, the doors are closed.
0: Barry Davis walking around at 5 in the morning, wandering, yes, looking seven, for a Heidi. Yeah, not
1: normal. <laughs> not as I'm running. But uh, the doors are locked. I go, are you kidding me? It doesn't open until 7 o'clock. So I walked across this, uh, the parking lot. There's oh, an apartment went across the parking lot I sat down and I kind of fell asleep because I was tired All of a sudden I hear this, bam I woke up real quick Same newspaper kid I go, hey, what time is he? He goes, oh, about 5 to 7 I'm just sitting there going, oh boy, I made a mistake And I and did the wrong
0: thing and the team Didn't you leave gone. a note as well? Pardon me? Didn't you leave a note like in your locker? Or that... I did, yeah, yeah,
1: I did But
0: Good luck, fellas <laughs> Yeah, like good that. luck
1: Best of the team uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting, whatever but you don't don't worry about fine because you can't. <laughs> so anyway, I I looked at the newspaper and it's, it's this is funny, this is amazing. Open newspaper up, there's an article on Russin in it, and it said, "Wild World Sports, CBS Wild World Sports showed in NCAs two weeks after taping because now they do it live." Yeah,
0: no, but back then go. it was delayed. But the, the fact they're going to show the whole thing, yeah.
1: And I thought, are you kidding me? <laughs> I really blew it now, and no cell phones, right? Nothing on me. Right. So I thought, walked over there, walked in the grocery store. See, me, I'm a big cream-filled donut guy. I love cream-filled
0: donuts. Oh, you used to show up at my dorm room with donuts for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I walk in there. My day's going bad already. I paid the team's already gone. I blew it. I'm the first customer there, and no cream-filled donuts. I got. Are you kidding me? Got <laughs> from bad to worse.
0: Yeah, when it rains, it pours.
1: Yeah. So I go through the line. People are like, what you, like, what are you doing here? I'm buying my stuff. I'm buying donuts and M&M's. I love M&M's.
0: <laughs> Who doesn't? So I look
1: up. Peanut,
0: I look, peanuts or not?
1: Both. Okay. They're better when they're mixed. <laughs> I was going to look up and go, why is my roommate's Mustang just pouring in the parking lot? I was going to see this big blue van pulling. I go, uh-oh. Was it Art team. Garcia? Might have been Art and a few other guys.
0: He takes credit for it. To see, now. he takes credit for finding you.
1: Yeah, uh, well, he—he was—he was—he's was one—he's was one that tracked me down. I give him credit there. I, okay. I appreciate that. I owe that easy title to, to Art for that. Like, I go, Austin awesome, this blue fan. Posted. I go, that's Cooper's fan. I go, oh, the whole team's here. Austin, awesome, see this guy. Too. I they go, there he is, there he is. I feel like a criminal, you know. <laughs> so Gable comes running through the door. And I walk through my get myself paid. The people, there's three people at the register looking at me like, what is going on here? <laughs> Look at Gable, I go. Coach, I didn't eat nothing yet. I dropped my bag. He grabs me. We go out in the van. He talks to me, and he goes, Bray, what are you thinking? Blah, 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 blah. I was, and he goes, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to make weight or not? Now, honestly, I did not want to make weight. But I couldn't tell Coach Gable. No.
0: <laughs> Weird how that works with that guy.
1: So I go, all right. Yes, it's all right. Let's go. <laughs> Take off in the van. We go back to the um, field house. Grab all my clothes. We drive, they follow me, we drive to Cedar Rapids, hop on a plane, him, Kathy, Gabe, and I. Take a plane from Cedar Rapids to Chicago. Oh, here. Hop off the plane.
0: Now, now there's, there's, now, this has become such a myth at this point. There's word that you're working out on the plane.
1: Not yet. No, no I didn't do that. Did not do that. So we hop the plane. Give us, give yourself, let's go. We go hop in a cab. We go to some. Hotel, hey, we're here for um, we're here for a conference. Think, All right, there'll be this much money. Give them the money. We walk in there. So we're getting dressed. We're going to get dressed. Get to get going. Got a short time period. I had no idea how much period we had. But there's three guys sitting there, heavy set guys, smoking these big, long cigarettes. This one guy's like, hey, I should be the one putting those on. <laughs> and I, I had a short tipper then. And I was hungry. I was tired. I don't want to be cut. This the is weight. the
0: lobby? Where is this?
1: In, in, in the locker room. Okay,
0: pressed. locker room, got it.
1: I go to lunch at the guy. Gable somehow caught his hands then my back. stretch went like that. It just snapped me back. Like, hey, keep your mouth shut. Let's go. <laughs> so we're running these stairs, doing all this stuff.
0: Stairs is crazy. That's a <laughs> weird way to lose weight.
1: Gable's running with me. We're in the sauna. You know, I'm jumping rope, doing all kinds of stuff. I have no idea how much weight I lost. Take my stuff off. The time was short. We get go listen to this. So this is crazy. Get back in the taxi and I told the guy, hey, what are you guys doing here? It he was here for wrestling, blah, 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 the Big Ten Championships. I told the guy in the taxi, hey, make sure you watch ABC World Sports at this time because you used to be win a national championship. And I knew <laughs> from the newspaper in <laughs> I read in the apartment building. The date, the time is what make sure you watch it.
0: <laughs> I'll be on there.
1: I'll be on there. Win the a actual championship. <laughs> so, hop out, out of the cab, running down the airport, hop on the plane, got that plane to Detroit. Okay, we got a rented car, go from Detroit and the, Ann Arbor, walked in a room about an hour for weigh ins. I go, hi, guys. I go, hi, Barry.
0: The I, team. I, I, Your like, team Nothing
1: even happened. Like, we didn't miss a beat. Lo and behold, it's up on the scale, like 117.9. Wow. So it had to be, it's meant to be, because they found me across town about five miles. From
0: there. You walked five five miles to the high V. Yep. Like the one on your Gable's house? Huh? The one near Gable's house, like that far? That's the one. Jesus.
1: That's the one. They find me there, drive me back, get my gear, drive the Cedar Rapids, hop on a plane, Work out. i on another plane to to Detroit. Drive to Ann Arbor. Hour before weigh-ins. One seventeen point nine. That wow. had to be. It, it was meant to be. It was meant to be, Eric. No <laughs> One tenth.
0: Away. Wow. I
1: mean, the, all I had. The, I couldn't miss. Nothing, nothing could have went wrong. What happens nothing if you were
0: over way. by a little bit? Flight, what right would flight, you do if you were over nothing. by just like one tenth?
1: tenth so, here's the kicker, though. This and this. though. So. see, back then. But it's called the Big Eight Championships.
0: Yep, and they, they announced it. eight yeah. teams.
1: Now it's the Big Twelve. Yep, they announced in Lincoln, Nebraska, because they had no cell phones then. They couldn't tell what was going on. Right. The news travels fast, though. Yep. That Barry Davis did not make weight for the Big Ten Championships. They gave me a standing ovation. I heard the story. So, what do I do? I beat the Big Eight champion Kevin Darkers, in the NCAA finals. Oh, I remember him and A half later. At Iowa State, where Gable previously wrestled, uh, it was great. It was awesome.
0: That's the one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. It's amazing.
1: You imagine they everything had to go just right for that that to win. To
0: what was that? that? What was that match like? What was that a pretty close match?
1: Which one? Uh,
0: Who would you wrestle in the championship?
1: I wrestled uh, Joe McFarland in the Big Ten finals, and Kevin Knox in the NCAA final, one seven to five. It wasn't really close so. though. Score was close, but it wasn't close.
0: Yeah. Good for you. It's amazing. And what a team, too. A, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that team, and then the next year, you guys, you know, arguably, you can go through the teams that are the best at Iowa 83, 86, 91, 97. But 83, pretty pretty amazing team.
1: Randy Lewis says the 83 team has the best stats of all time, individualized 33 NCAA finalists, 21 NCAA champions, four Olympic gold medalists and, like, 30-some All-Americans, something like that. Like, it was, like, 31 finalists, 24, 24 finalists, 21 champs, 33 All-Americans, and, like, four Olympians, and three golds and one silver. Wow.
0: Just amazing.
1: Yeah, it's
0: I crazy. Mean, I mean, you know, I've heard you talk about this in the past and everything, but, it, you know, back then, people don't understand, especially these kids who are excited about Iowa sports and everything now. Like, back then, it wasn't even, like, whether or not you guys are going to win the nationals it was by how much
1: yeah that's what, that's what, that's what it was. basically now we're going to win the nsa's but how many nsa tapes are we going to have and by how, how bad was the score going to be i mean who was taking second place
0: what's that 83 lineup so it's 83
1: was myself tim riley jeff kerber harlan kistler harlan lindsay I... Who uh, was it? One to fifth.
0: Jim's got to be on there too, right? It's Yeah, yeah.
1: Lenny Zaleski, Jim Zaleski, Goldman, Ed Bannock, Pete Bush, and Lou Bannick.
0: Wow, that's ridiculous! And three Cedar Rapids Prairie boys on there.
1: Correct. And at that year at the NCA's, Jimmy and Lenny Zaleski and I would have entered as a team. Alone, we would have took fifth. Wow. And I still think we're the only three guys ever from the same high school to be in the same, NCAA finals at the same time. Yeah.
0: And all, were you all champs that year?
1: Lenny took second, so get me my mascara.
0: Okay. I, I knew Lenny wasn't. That's how I was thinking panics. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Incredible. Yep. So I've, I've kind of skipped over a lot here, but, uh, so you, you get to Iowa. Um, it's pretty well established. There's a there's a few guys like you and the Brands and the Steiners don't drink, very disciplined. You were very disciplined. I've also heard you say that you've never lived outside of the dorms.
1: I did not. No, no. And people, it, 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 I remember my first few years I lived in the dorms, and I moved out because I Olympic to be redshirted. So I moved out of the dorms, lived in the the apartment buildings, but with, with all care wasn't good. They moved back in the dorms. People were like what? <laughs> You're coming back to the dorms your senior year? Why would you do that? Said, Listen, guys. Here's the deal. I'm ready to wrestle. I don't want to worry about splitting rent, cook my own food. We the mo- go work out, wake up, breakfast, no dishes. Go back, have lunch, no dishes. After practice, walk down and have dinner, I'm done. That's it. Smart. Academics, athletes, that's it. I want to go out on top. I want no headaches. I'm totally focused, totally locked in here. But they couldn't believe that, you know, with Olympian doing in the dorms, I like, guys, that's the way I work. I'm here to win, get my hand raised, you know, uh, help this team win another national championship, I'm locked in. So not about me living out of the dorms, it's about what I what I can do with the I. team, help them continue to win the winning streak, fantastic titles, and be get my hand raised in my last match of college.
0: And so this freshman year you, you don't even know what a red shirt is and everything, but you're starting right off the bat. Correct. What what'd you finish that year? It's eighty one, I believe, right?
1: Seventh. I was third going in. Uh I sh- I just I got caught and got pinned and second round by beating the kid and then they got caught and they got pinned at the end of the period right to, to blow the match with him in the NCAA finals. Got it. I, I mean, if, that's, if I were to register, I think I would have could
0: have won four titles, but who knows? Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I feel really bad for Spencer Lee right now. I think he could be Iowa's oh, yeah. first four-timer, for sure. Correct. Correct. So, so um, then the next year, obviously, you start to dominate. you get ranked right away at first or how, how quickly does that happen in 82? Uh, I was
1: ranked I worked my way up the ladder, you know. I had Joe McFarland, Kevin Darkest to contend with. Exactly. Joe McFarland had beaten the finals, beaten finals three times. That year, took fifth at the NCAs, and I took seventh. It's like he was right ahead of me.
0: And then, obviously, after that, you just become dominant. And in in '84, you redshirt in order to focus on the Olympics. Correct. Yes. And what's that like? Because the the Gable was the head coach, so everybody's coming to Iowa City for that. Well, it's it's, it's funny
1: because people are, are like. Um, you know, Gabe would be in the coach that year. And for some reason I had a very difficult year. I, mean, I was in the dorms the first three years. I lived off campus and I, I just it was just a hard year. I was a number one ranked guy going in. They figure I'm a to make the team, but things aren't going well for me. And you know, I got beat a couple of times. I'm just not feeling it right now. I'm not sure what it is, but a doubt's creeping in. Also, Gabe would go, say, hey, you done know, working out, stop by the office to see me. I all right, no problem. I got something to tell you. Okay. Getting working out walking. In, he goes, hey, just so you know, I got a call from Mike Land. Yeah, he he well, just so you know, Mike Land's going from 136 and a half to 125 and a half your weight class. And he wants me to coach him. So, me being an Olympic coach, you know, I got to coach him. He goes, Come out here and train. What do you think of that? I go, Well, you're an Olympic coach. I understand that. That's your job. So, you know, I'm not doing what you be doing. So, I get it. He goes, Aren't you mad? Mad about what? Me, me, me coaching Land. I say, hey, listen. So you're the Olympic coach. What am I supposed to say? Okay. Your job is to get the best team possible to represent our country in LA. And my job is to be on that team. So if Lane is to coach him, coach him. You got to coach against me. You got to do what you got to do. That's your job. It's my job to make the team. It's my job to change things and do that. So, you know, apparently he didn't like that, but I, I get his point <laughs> though. You know, he's yeah. just trying to fire me up, but Hey, the truth was, is he's the coach. And, He's a job to do, and I got a job to do, you know, and he can't wrestle for me. It's my job to make the team. So about two weeks later, hey Barry, get a chance to up at the office. I got I got something for you. Okay. Hey, just so you know, Mark Mangiani is going from one thirty six and a half to one twenty-five and a half because Mangiani, well, I mean, he's dropping down because you know things aren't going well for me. I get beat more times in that year than I did my whole college career.
0: Wow. I didn't realize that.
1: So same thing, same thing again. Barry, you know, Mangiani's dropping down. I got to said, coach, the thing is last time. I don't care who wants to come in the room, do what they got to do. Again, it's my job to make the team and, you know, change things around. So you're the coach. You do your job, I'll do my job. In fact, both guys beat me that year. Land beat me for the World Cup team and managed to beat me at Canada. But it came down to it, though. I beat Land like 12 to 2. Managed to never made weight. I walked to the Olympic trials.
0: Wow. Who, who was your final guy you wrestled for the team? Darkest. 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 Same guys. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. And that, getting, getting, there's so much to cover here, but you have a good perception, uh, an interesting perception or lens on Coach Gable in that you wrestled for him, not only his Olympic coats but obviously college coach and everything. You uh, co- was an assistant coach for him, and you coached against him. Um, he's an interesting dude in terms of pe- people ask about him and what that's like to wrestle for him. It's a hard thing to explain. He's not like a yeller, screamer kind of thing. He's really good at understanding the mental aspect of things and knowing how to push your buttons.
1: Yeah. But also this, though. A company I work for now called Service on Nutrition. Yep. We make a product for him.
0: Yeah, the, the Gable Gold.
1: Yeah, so I wrestled for him, coached with him, coached against him. Now we make a product for him. That's awesome. So, you can't get much better than that.
0: Sure can't. But explain, explain a little bit. Yeah, I kind of call it matter of fact wrestling. It, it's kind of, he his, it, there's, there's some mind games, but they're very matter of fact. It's not mind games like to be a jerk. It's just, you know, do you want to make weight when you didn't and you didn't want to disappoint him? We never want to disappoint him.
1: No, you didn't. You know what? You, just know, how, you know how to pinch your push your buttons. Yep. Like, I remember one time Chuck Lee was telling a story. He's better on bottom, and he got ridden out and he got beaten in the mess. He goes, "Hey, you know, you know, you you'll never get away from that guy." But he just, he does something just to fire you up and see what your reaction is. And doing that, and he's good at mentally getting your head from a motivating point of view. You know, Again, yeah. he wasn't not a yeller, not a screamer.
0: Yeah, never was. People said, don't understand that he was just, but he'd get to you in such a different way that was more, way more compelling than yelling and screaming at somebody.
1: Hmm. Um, you,
0: you, you tell, you have a great story about Bobby Weaver. When your first time, oh, yeah. when you go in to wrestle him, oh,
1: I never forget that man. I was so fired up. So it was my first true freshman year. Bobby me- Weaver made the Olympic team in '80. Took second in world '79. So I actually had my first loss. I got lost against Cleveland State the night before. We had Ohio State on. on um, Let me see. What Thursday.
0: Cleveland State, did you say?
1: I can't remember the guy's name.
0: And but no, know. but it was Cleveland State. That was the school.
1: Yeah, Cleveland State. And you so lost was,
0: badly, didn't you? Pardon me? Did you lose badly?
1: Yeah, yeah. what happened was this. I was, I was undefeated. I was, I was hit on Thursday night. Kate was ranked, beat him. Went to Cleveland State. He was really tall. He's about, I don't know, 5'9, 5'10. Lanky,
0: I had a hard time with Lanky guys, always.
1: So I, so I got behind, and then I started doing trying to upper body. And I went down an upper body guy. Tried to throw the guy, got in my back, got off, tried to do it again for the pin. I had to pin in the wind, got in my back again. And so it was just a disaster of a night for me, you know? Yeah. So then, then the next day, we traveled from Cleveland State out to, to Lehigh. So and he must there. have some
0: crazy record. He's got to be ranked <clears throat> pretty high at that point, Weaver.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we get there, walk in there, give a over. I'm standing there. Hey, Barry, get yourself on, make weight, whatever. So i was, hey, Bobby, how you doing? What's going on? <laughs> Good to see you. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a great year. You know, congrats on the Olympic team, blah, all this stuff going on. Just yucking it up.
0: And you're pissed.
1: I'm sitting there, getting dressed like, are you freaking kidding me? That's my opponent. I'm sitting there freaking right here. I was so mad, so fired up. I thought, you know what, buddy? I know who you are. I know this, buddy. I'm in your house. I'll tell you one thing. You better bring the diesel tonight because I'm going to bring it. I am fired <laughs> up. So Gabe was just yucking up and laughing and talking, whatever, you know.
0: And he's clearly doing this on purpose.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. So
0: Pushing your buttons.
1: Bobby, weigh in. Hey, Bobby, see you later. See you tonight. Yeah, see you, coach. Coach. Coach? <laughs> That's my coach. So that night out there, Bobby was going to come out there. The rest of some young – some true freshman here, some punk that got beat the night before, and yuck it up in front of his crowd, you know, you know, show his skills, whatever. Yeah, no problem, Bobby. You do that. I come on on top 13 11. Wow. I walk with him and go, hey, coach, make sure you tell Bobby Weaver High before you go.
0: <laughs> Is that what you said to him?
1: I said something to him. I was pissed. What
0: did, was, was his reaction?
1: Hey, hey, well, hey, nice win. Nice win. <laughs> you know what he's say? Like, hey, good job. He's like, hey, by the way, okay, I will. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, by the way, nice win. <laughs> That's it. Nothing like, hey, good win, blah, blah, good, good you know, <clears throat> good job. Come back to that loss last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, by the way, Barry. Yeah, man, nice win. It's it. Done. You know, he works. Nice win.
0: He, he's, so, he, he's so good with individuals and understanding, like, the person I compare most to, I, I think it's really hard to coach these professional athletes. They're usually making more than the coaches. And have more power and everything. So the NBA, I don't know how much you follow it, but Phil Jackson, are you familiar with him much? Oh, I yeah,
1: know, yeah, yeah. Did uh-huh. you watch
0: the Last Dance or any of that?
1: Oh, you bet I did. I yeah, was all over
0: it. Yeah, it's awesome. So I was around that quite a bit when I moved here. I ended up getting season tickets and was around that team quite a bit. But um, it's just it, it, what made him so interesting is he takes all these different personalities, and I think that the same about Gable. I'm not sure there's any coaches out there like that. Now it's kind of, especially in wrestling, it's kind of my way or the highway. Yeah. Um, the, the fact you could have a Barry Davis or a Rico Ciparelli or a Brad Penrith, I mean, <laughs> there's so many different personalities, you know?
1: Oh my gosh. There's a ton of them.
0: And he was so good at, at understanding what that individual needed. And like Phil Jackson's that way. I mean, you've got a Dennis Rodman and a Michael Jordan entirely two different things. You remember yep. Bobby yep. Hansen at Iowa. I don't know if you know, he was on one of those championship teams.
1: Yeah, so was Art, so was B.J. Armstrong. Yeah,
0: B.J. was on it for a lot, but you don't hear about Bobby too much, and the reason I bring him up is there was always some guy off the bench you didn't see. Regular season, you always play these guys and you didn't kind of understand what he was doing, and there was some genius to it. And all of a sudden, the playoffs, he, you know, here comes Bobby Hansen into the game, and he starts draining threes. It's just he got everybody prepared, and they were a part of the team in some way. It might be two three-pointers that they needed or whatever else. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Well, Gable did the same thing. I mean, That's what he, I'm he, saying. He
0: they were very similar. I think of them the same way.
1: Yeah. I mean, he took, he took Anderson back in the 80s, it was 77 or 78. Third-string guy, like he, after, after December, he quit, walked away because he was a senior. It's Mike Deanna and Dave Fitzgerald. He couldn't make the team. All of a sudden, Deanna had cancer, couldn't wrestle. Dave Fitzgerald took off the night before the Iowa State duel. Gable finds him in a bar. Takes him over, cuts weight, makes weight for the Iowa State duel. I think he barely lost.
0: What year is this?
1: I think it was 78, I think. seventy-seven, okay. seventy-eight. 77, 78, I think. Okay. So, what's Iowa, Iowa State Iowa State duel? Takes second in the Big Tens. Ends up becoming an All-American. Wow. And about eight, you know, got him off the bar stool. in about four weeks before the NCAAs. From nothing to an All-American.
0: Wow. Yeah, he just, he, he's just, it's an incredible coach.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it is a phenomenal thing. It was uh, unreal.
0: I'm jumping all over the place here, but get, getting back to weight cutting real quick, because you did it both as an athlete and then later as a head coach when it all changed. And to be honest with you, I'm not as aware with today's weight cutting than when we were in college. But um, I- explain that that weight cutting, how it used to be and how it is now and why it's changed. Well, I think back then, you had, you had a lot more recovery
1: time. You had a five-hour recovery. So, it, but, it also, recover-
0: but it also was bad in that it encouraged you to cut more weight than you should.
1: Well, I mean, some guys controlled their weight. Some didn't. I was just too big for my weight class.
0: But I, I, I feel did, like we I cut more weight back then in a dangerous way than they do now. Am, am I incorrect on that?
1: No, I don't think it was dangerous back then because cause back then, you had a five-hour weigh-in, <clears throat> more recovery time, and you can use the sauna, which was really good you can't use the sauna now. You can't, so that's what I'm
0: asking, so they have all these rules. So you can't, you're no longer allowed to use the sauna? Now you're not, no. no. I didn't know. That's what I'm asking, what the difference
1: is. Back then is. you could, though.
0: Yeah, no, I'm asking. But, I know back then. I'm asking the differences now. As a coach, I, I, didn't, I don't know the modern way of weight cutting,
1: the rules. So, well, the rules are this. Back then, you had a five-hour weigh-in. Now we have a one-hour weigh-in. So with a five-hour weigh-in, you get more recovery time. Plus, we waited at the NCA's Wednesday for Thursday, Thursday for Friday, Friday for Saturday. You could lose, you know, after your match at the NCA's back then, 67 pounds was an hour and 20 minutes and put it right back on because, again, you weigh in that night, your body recovered for the next day. But now you weigh in the same day, one hour before you weigh at Russell. So you can't, you don't have the recovery time.
0: But, but I think the idea is to discourage serious weight cutting. I mean, they, they do do a weight don't they do like a, a weight test ahead of the season to let you know what's a safe? They do,
1: yeah, they do yeah. specific gravity test, body yeah. fat test. those type of things. That, that never existed here, but.
0: back then. We we definitely cut. Not in great. When I, I had nothing like your story, but I had Gable. Mm-hmm. I've seen an interview. where You said he locked you in the sauna, and he's like, "How do I lock you in the sauna?" There's no lock on the door. But you know, I've had him keep me in there, and, he, and everybody had gone to go eat to go recover, and I'm still there trying to. I didn't want to make weight, so I just go up a weight class, and, and it was for a tournament.
1: It's just such, it's just such a, yeah, a, he wouldn't mentality. let me out. like all. he goes,
0: I said I'm gonna pass out, coach. And he's like, It's okay, I'll carry you out.
1: But he, you know what really you weren't gonna pass out, you just thought you were a bit milli. He just took you further than what you thought. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That was his point.
1: But yeah, when I were weigh is now it gets better better because again, it's just better weight management, better knowing your body. That's all. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: No. I mean, I think it was ninety four and ninety five, was around that time when they changed the the rules. There was like nine deaths that year. They
1: changed it because of the creatine. creatine. Creatine came into play. They knew nothing about creatine? No. If you take creatine and try to cut what you can't, because what it, creatine does is holds body in your cells. And when you cut weight, you try trying to get body out of your cells. So basically it was kind of pretty much heat exhaustion.
0: Got it. I know a Michigan kid that, that uh, when they did an autopsy, it was not good.
1: Yeah, well, it's, I think it's because he had creatine in his body, that's what it was yeah. because of that. Got it. And it first came out, and no one knew much about creatine, so that was the problem. You you take creatine. You drink a lot of water because it holds water in your cells. You got to make sure it, you have know, a lot of water in your body, otherwise it doesn't affect you the right way.
0: Got it. I and I don't want to take up too much time here, so I'm going to keep jumping all over here. But uh, that's fine. Uh, eight, the 84 Olympics. That team. That had to be pretty pretty fun. You know, wrestling for your coach in L.A. and, and in the U.S. and
1: except the figure, Russians weren't there. Yeah. Well, that's okay. But you got to figure 40 percent of the team was Iowa guys.
0: Yep. Bannocks, you and Lewis.
1: Yeah. If you did it now, we would have four of the four of the, four of the six on the team. It had been better yet. But, you know, I knew a lot of those guys anyway. That's my good buddy. My good buddy, Bobby Weaver, was one, one, 105, so my good buddy, my good was good buddy. Was good buddy. <laughs> but Bobby Weaver's a great guy, though. I've been out with a lot of different fifths, but, yeah, a great team. Was he um,
0: Lehigh? And then did he become a Syracuse coach or something?
1: That was Gene Mills.
0: Yeah, it was Gene Mills, yeah.
1: But, no, we had, you know, um eight on nine of ten guys medal on that team so it's great got the chance to uh, represent your country in america the greatest country in the world and the greatest dance in the world so it was fantastic experience and <clears throat> i'm just gonna have the opportunity to do that actually opportunity to do it twice to represent our soul korea the highest level in our sport.
0: yeah seoul korea 88 right correct um uh, you would have no reason to remember this and I'm not making this about me, but you are a huge part of my life, which is why I know you, but I, uh, you probably don't remember this, but I was a camper with Tom Ryan at the Iowa intensive camps. Hmm. Mm-hmm. um, and that's where I got to know you and Lewis. And so I had my, I did it shirt on, you know, Iowa intensive camps, but, uh, somehow I got the go ahead from my parents and I don't know how I arranged it all, but I ended up going to Anaheim by myself at 15 or 16 wow. years old. And uh, got to go watch you guys. And I actually hung out with you a little bit. You, I had the Iowa intensive camp shirt on. So you guys were nice to me. And, um,
1: <laughs> got, yeah. got to,
0: and Dave Schultz liked me because I was from Hawaii. So the West Coast, the West Coast thing. Yep, yep.
1: Um,
0: yeah, but that was my, my beginning of... I, I did in the last podcast, just talking about my beginning. It's kind of weird. This kid from Hawaii was flipping through the channels. We only had four channels. We had no cable. And when I say flipping, literally, you know, I'm turning a TV knob.
1: Correct. Yeah, I
0: remember that. Yeah, and and I stumbled on PBS of you guys wrestling Iowa State in the Fieldhouse, and that was my first time I'd ever seen wrestling in my life.
1: Wow, amazing! Yeah,
0: and then I I, flipping through a Sports Illustrated, was about to go to another Doug Blubaugh camp in Colorado. Uh
1: huh. Yep. And I
0: stumbled on right after I just read about you guys in the library. I had a check in an envelope about to send for the Doug Blubaugh camp, and I went down to my high school coach's classroom. He was a chemistry teacher. And he had amateur wrestling news and i'm thumbing through and i stumble on iowa intensive wrestling camp and read all your guys names next thing i know i'm in iowa city after my freshman year and that's how i got to know all you guys and got to be pretty good at wrestling from going to those camps
1: that was the only magazine back then if you were i didn't camp for sure you're 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 welcome in iowa because we knew your mentality your work ethic so well i didn't i didn't know
0: what i was getting into to be quite honest and it changed my life i mean you know, a lot of people don't realize it based on, you know, he was a ranger, Jay Robinson. And, yep. and he also got in trouble. I think that's why he left Iowa, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't it over the camps?
1: Uh, something, something happened there. I, I know all the details of it. Yeah, but, uh, again, that camp has changed a lot, of, a lot of lives in a positive way.
0: Yeah, Tom Ryan and I talk about it all the time. It changed our lives. And we got, yeah. we got to be good friends there.
1: Oh, like I guess I think it changed a lot, a lot of lives, but... Nowadays, my mind is always moving forward on to the next next, next best thing, so,
0: Absolutely, so moving forward, yeah. W- well,
1: my, my life is this, my life is about making people better. If I'm helping somebody else become better in their life, I'm motivated every day. I live in a small town now called Mosson, Wisconsin, Working in New Lisbon, Wisconsin, and I'm trying to make that the, the smallest, one of the smallest schools in the state, and one of the poorest counties in the state. So I'm trying to change the whole mentality of that town through athletics and then through academics, giving these kids a young chance to be, you know, get out of there and be highly successful in life. So some good things are going on in life. If you're worried about <clears throat> motivating yourself, don't do that, motivate be motivated by helping somebody else become better. If you do that, you become great, whatever you do.
0: That's awesome. Blue, blue collar kids.
1: All blue collar, Yeah, all blue collar. But they gotta understand consistency, they don't understand that yet. You know, the, the people that are most successful can be consistent every day and repeat things day in and day out. That's that's the downfall. People can't do that. Yep. And you get you, get, you gotta be able to repeat the thing over and over every day. They go, that's boring. No, no, that's success. That's called winning. Okay, it's not boring. It's called winning, and being um, you know, on time, being accountable, and that's how you be, become successful. But we're learning, we're getting there, not there yet, but um, I work for a great company, Silver Star Nutrition, um, with so Brian bad. Slater, I mean, who's my boss, who's a fantastic guy. So a lot, of, a lot of great things are going on.
0: Silver Star, talk a little bit about that.
1: It's an as natural protein company. We take a whole foods approach, everything we do, and it's about uh, taking protein and building the body from the inside out. It's all about muscle recovery, muscle repair, no artificial flavors, no artificial ingredients. And it's a great price because we made the company. It's not about galaxy people. It's about giving people an opportunity to buy a protein that can help them become better in everyday life. Not just in athletics, but whatever you do, be it skiing, be it swimming. But, but we want to give people an opportunity to be successful at what they do. And, you know, they go to their day fully recovered to attack the day.
0: I, I don't know more time you have here, but... Really quickly, we didn't never got into your time at Wisconsin. So you you finish up at Iowa, you become an assistant coach for Gable and are part of some of the best teams ever, the Brands Brothers and Steiners and everybody else. Um, you know, one of the things I was watching an interview the other day was Zapatal talking about that some of the smaller guys, you have a tendency to get more injuries. I've never kind of heard that thought before. But did you end up rusting a lot of heavier guys and stuff just because of the fact that he was at a lighter weight and so were you? Um, do you find any credence in that?
1: No, I don't. I don't oh. find that in that. I don't. That's. I don't think that's true. I never. I was never never really injured in college. I watched a lot of bigger guys as well.
0: Do you have any injuries now?
1: Uh I got double hip replacement.
0: So do I. Yeah. That's a more common. Misnik was doing a Mark Misnik who wrestled at yeah, Iowa.
1: Exactly. He,
0: he, he's been doing a study on that and doing Iowa wrestlers. Have you talked to yep. him much about it? Because yep. he's had both of his replaced too. Yep. How old were you when you got him replaced? 50, like
1: 52,
0: 53. Yeah. Did you do both at once or just separately?
1: No, 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 no.
0: Yeah. I, I Mine were spread out over a few years, but I had hey, both but replaced. my pain was
1: so bad. My pain was so bad I had to get it done. It was like, it was...
0: You can't even sleep. Like you can't sleep. I with couldn't your...
1: sleep. I'd yeah. walk and catch. and It's the worst. All kinds of props. I tell you what, well, how about this? How about we say the Wisconsin thing for next time? How's that?
0: That sounds good. Hey, thanks for taking the time. You're Did good. Stuff, my friend. Wait, wait. One last thing. I got to get it in there. Um, when you're in college, you meet Nan How, And just quickly about that. She's amazing.
1: Yeah, we, we just met through, uh, through a- 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 athletics, you know. Yeah. So, you know, she went on to run professionally for uh, some time. For 12 years but uh now your daughter yeah you know, daughter's running a professor now too for Brooks shoe company so she's following her mom's footsteps, which is good awesome better follow hers than mine
0: oh, <laughs> i got to do an interview with nan at some point let her know i'm gonna reach out to her
1: yeah but i, I think our amy got the best of both
0: i love it all right buddy you have a great day it's good talking all right, to you i
1: love you too man you take right. care Always take nice care to talk
0: much to you. love Bye. bye Great dude, no facade there. What you see is definitely what you get. I love that story of him disappearing while cutting weight in 1982. It's the first time I've heard it from him directly. I've only heard the lore from everybody else. It's good to see him spending more time around his alma mater. We'll have to catch up with him again soon and talk about his coaching years at both as an assistant at Iowa and a head coach at Wisconsin. There's some terrific stories with the brands. I'm trying really hard not to be too insidery during these interviews but there's also the fine line of not being uh, condescending to so many of you that are incredibly knowledgeable, both about our teams and the sports. Please share any feedback you might have. You should be able to find a link in the info of wherever you're listening to the podcast that'll allow you to send a voice message or look for black and yellow gold on all social media. I've already heard from many of you and your insight is really greatly appreciated. It'll just help improve all of this as we move forward. Thanks again for giving the podcast a listen. Stay safe and go Hawks.